Hi, and welcome to this, I don't know, bonus Rugby Bits podcast or Rugby Bits and Pieces, where we're going to have a quick little preview of the Springboks versus Tonga. Um, I'm Sean, and I'm joined by Jared. Jay, how you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Sean. Lucky to have a little quick catch up and uh, uh, chat some some rugby. I think uh, I've, I've missed quite a few of the pods, so it's, it's lucky to get uh, one in. Exactly. I've also, um, I missed a bit last week um, or this week. I'm not sure, but I, I know um, Tyler and Cooks put an absolute screamer together on uh, earlier the week. So that's really good. Um, we obviously didn't get to chat about the Springboks and Ireland. So I think it's probably the perfect opportunity for us to have a little jump in. Jay, your quick thoughts on that game? Yeah. I, I... It's, it's, there's quite a lot to take in from it. I think, uh, I think the books were inaccurate at times, wasteful in other times. Uh, yeah, obviously the the goal kicking didn't help. Um, and yeah, Ireland had a few chances, took those chances, and ended up with a five point five point win. Um, I, I I don't think it's all doom and gloom. Um, as long as uh, we still make it out of the pool. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I don't think it was. I agree with you. I don't think it was all doom and gloom. It was. There's a lot of positives to take out of that. Um, putting in 31 dominant tackles um, is mm. something I've never seen before, um, and uh, it was quite quite impressive. Uh, those lineout steals, um, you know, all everything we're doing. Very interesting. Um, oh, there's obviously been a lot of talk about. Um, the lack of line-out malls and, and all that jazz. Mm. But the other thing that I thought was very interesting was um, Damien Delaney wasn't used a lot in carrying. It was more Jesse Creel. So just looking at those two things, it, it kind of led me to believe that by no means were we, were we like just sitting back and doing stuff. I think we obviously everything we do is we plan to win. But it was very much like we were still testing stuff, which I find like it's so hard to wrap my head around. Like we were experimenting <laughs> with things against Ireland in the World Cup in what is like a ga- almost a must-win game for us. Uh, because as you mentioned, you know, there's still a chance that we don't make it out this pool. So yeah. yeah, there was a lot of tactical differences. And I think that's the one thing that has probably been front and center with the Springboks over the, probably the last two years is there's been a continuous change and a continuous evolvement depending on who's playing or what tactics we're using or what team we've got on the, on the field. There's just so much happening. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. And uh, I, I do sometimes worry that uh, the Springbok coaches overanalyze and um, prepare the team to, um, not playing a style that uh, suits the opposition like that we're playing against, but uh, getting the Springboks to use their best weapons against the opposition that's coming up against us. So, yes, Ireland are very are excellent at the breakdown, and we ended up losing a lot of the game there. And we had a whole lot of breakdown specialists in our squad for that game. And then you sort of look at the, I, I sort of look and there was a lot of talk before the World Cup about um, analysing the referees and how the referees uh, blow those games. And Eddie Jones was also talking about it during the World Cup. So, yeah, if, if you look at somebody like Ben O'Keefe, um, if I can be over, uh, if I can overgeneralise, the Kiwis blow the breakdown very differently to the rest of the world, if 
I can put it that way. So, mm. yeah, I, I, I think a, a lot of um, our tactics has to do with um, coming up against Ireland and having Ben O'Keefe blow the game. So, yeah, I don't know if all of those paid off. Well, obviously they didn't because we lost the match. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think Sexton also did get a bit of a better rub of the green out of Ben O'Keefe in the stages of the game. His uh, captaincy management and that kind of thing, just it, it took the game away from South Africa. And, uh, yeah, it, you sort of look at the way we ended the game and Dion Free is a very experienced player, but uh, not very much so at international level. And he was captaining the side in the latter stages with... Um, with uh, Bongi off the pitch, with Sia off the pitch. So, yeah, you sort of think was uh, it's not better to have Dwayne from Yellow the bench for us. Yeah, I you know, that kind of sits down on the, that sort of tactical discussion for me. Um, probably would have been best to have Vermeulen um, on the park. Um, it was, there were a couple changes and a couple of things, but, you know, I still, I still sit back and try and look at that and go, I don't really know what's cracking. Um, <laughs> the, like, and that's the thing, like, I'm by no means a, pro and none of us none of us like really are but we spend a hell of a lot of time mm. in rugby and if you could if if we got asked to kind of pick what sort of game plan the box would be using who they would play on the weekend stuff like that you'd probably be getting like only 50 percent of it right where not mm. even a year ago we could name a game plan and 22 of the 23 players <laughs> so um, there's a lot happening. I just, I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm just a little scared and that's probably just a little lack of faith, which, uh, which I'm always saying, like, we've got to trust like the management and everything and you know, knows what's going on, but I just, I'm a little bit worried that we're still trying to find ourselves. And I, I said a couple of weeks before the tournament that maybe we were one game short and I'm hoping that that one game, you know, I'm hoping that's not the case, but yeah, that's a great way to, to lead into um, the coming weekend, we play Tonga. Um, it's our last game of the pool stages. And as things stand in our pool, we are still not guaranteed to go through. So Ireland have played three, one, three, 14 points. The Springboks have played three, one, two, 10 points. Scotland have played two, one, one, and they've got five points. So there's a good chance Scotland, if they win their remaining two games with bonus points, could f uh, finish on 15 points. That does mean that they're beating Ireland. Um, and um, we obviously, everything settles on us getting five points out of Tonga this weekend. And that's the most important thing because if Ireland, let's say Ireland finish on 15 points because they lose to Scotland but get a bonus point and Scotland get five out of it and all of us on, on even pegging, then it kind of goes down to points difference. And as it stands, we're okay on that um you know we're going through but if ireland win that game um then we're pretty much guaranteed to go through so well we are guaranteed to go through so that's i think probably the most important thing is we have to get five points out of tonga and then next week ireland must beat scotland but as i said 
Scotland. I do. Friday to uh, Shamrock Friday, and everyone's wearing green for the for the Irish to make sure that we go through. <laughs> oh, that's true, eh? That's true. But yeah, let's have a look at the at the Springbok squad. Um, just to go through quite a lot of changes. Uh, front rows: Oxenchair, Dion Fury, and Vincent Koch. Jared, we kind of expected those changes. Um, Bongibanami needed to have a break. He's not getting any looking in this game. Again, I'm a very nervous about this hooker situation, but Oxenchair's been cooking at the moment. Koch is coming back from an injury in Faree. I wouldn't say he was terrible um, against Ireland. Um, there's just a little bit of kind of work he's got to do, almost like hooker match fitness. Your thoughts on that front row? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think he nailed it there with just like a hooker match fitness. Like, yeah, I, I think I said um, after the Romania game that he looked a little bit um, uncomfortable in the scrums. Um, it didn't look that way this week either. Um, well, against Ireland, it didn't look that way. He seemed a little bit more comfortable. So I think uh, going up against a nice, heavy Tongan pack, it gives a great um, template to, to work off of um, for Don and the rest of the coaching team. So, yeah, I, th I think for Dion and for Marco on the bench, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but uh, it sort of goes hand in hand. But uh, I think... The Tongans will give a good um, template, a template for for us to know where they need to work on, particularly in the scrums. Um, they do have some big lineout uh, boys that uh, will make it difficult for the throws as well. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's a great test for both Dion and for Marco. Um, I'm glad for Vincent that uh, he's actually back and he he's i was worried about his knee injury they said very little about it you saw yeah. you didn't see pictures of him training the videos yeah. there wasn't anything of him and then all of a sudden he starts in this week so i'm so i'm happy for that what's i, I posted that video um ahead of his last game and <laughs> then he didn't he didn't end up making it so yeah we can still throw out the stat 28 games off the bench for the springboks and now he's finally getting a start so, yes yeah he has started for the springboks before but it's been four years this last one was against canada in 2019. crazy crazy okay our luck pairing even Beth, marvin Ori, the school schoolmates reunited um i'm quite surprised mm. Elizabeth getting a look in i thought we'd probably try and look after him but there's a couple of players that i thought would would probably get a break but i think not that we're nervous against Tonga. I think they're just more respectful that we really need to get the five points and we can't be in a situation like we have been in the past where we need to bring on the uh, the original bomb squad to to save the day. But yeah. Marvin Ari's been a bit quiet during the World Cup. I think with all the, you know, with everyone there, he hasn't really got the game time and, and everything. Um, I'm quite happy to see him having a go. I think his last game, it wasn't his best performance. So he'll be looking to mm. make that right. And he's going to be uh, tasked with putting in a fair whack of tackles against Tongans. No, exactly. And uh, I, I think um, the, during the chase in the sun, they spoke a lot about uh, how Alton Yankees did a lot of work um, during the weeks uh, with preparing the spring box of what they were facing. Um, and I think Marvin can take a lot of credit for um, the lineup masterclass that we sort of did against Ireland, that they struggled to, to find their jumpers in the start of the match. Yes, he didn't play that game, but I think he did a lot of the prep work to make sure that it it was 100%. And uh, so, yeah, I, I think uh, he can take a lot of credit for that. And 
it's a bit um yeah we we sort of um whenever we see him in the team we sort of worry a bit when it's not a like game against the all blacks or Holland or something like that but he's one of those players that you that seems to always want to be playing i know everyone does that but He's a kind of guy that seems to thrive the deeper he goes into consecutive test matches. So I think it's a good shot to have him back, especially after that niggle that ruled him out of the, the Romania game. Yeah. Uh, Luis Trio, Sir Khaleesi, Dwayne Vermeule and Jasper Visser. So Dwayne is on the side of the scrum, something new for us. Um, it's going to be very, mm. very interesting to see how that unfolds. I think Jasper Visser has been playing himself back into, like, well, increasing yeah. his his match fitness and his form um, as each game goes on. Seems like everyone's slowly getting back into the mix that they're all going to be hitting their straps quarterfinal time. I am still nervous, but um, we've got to get to the quarterfinals first. Very interesting loose trio. Um, Khaleesi, Dwayne probably only got 40 minutes uh, and then they're going to get yanked. Well, what do you what do you reckon is going to go on there? Yeah, well, uh, I think first thing uh, we sort of do need to celebrate here a little bit. Fiftieth Test cap um, as captain. Springbok captain. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think uh, we'll like the, the players will be out to not only just get a result for the team, but uh, put in a nice special performance for Sia. I think uh, this. Like much like what uh, I said about Urban, I think Sia is very much the same. That, that uh, he he likes he's a good, he he grows as he gets more uh, consecutive Test caps in. Um, I, I I think you're right that uh, Dwayne uh, might get yanked quite uh, soon in the second half with uh, Franco on the bench. Um, I think he'll probably come in as blindside and. Yeah, I think we might get a full 80 minutes out of our second row and uh, we get Quaja and Franco on about the 50, 60 minute mark in, in the second half. So, yeah, we, it's not the first time we've see, seen Dwayne at seven. Um, I think it's his third test cap. Uh, no there. ways, I forgot about those. When were the others? Can you remember? Yeah. Warren Whiteley playing uh, during the end of year two in 2018. Or was it the end of year two? But we had Whiteley at number eight and uh, we had Dwayne at seven. So yeah, that's that's sort of where it was. It's, it, I was quite surprised that everyone sort of uh, wiped that from their memory. But uh, yeah, I, I also try to forget that uh, Warren Whiteley was was cruelly retired for three injuries. Yeah, <laughs> you try to wipe those games from your memory. Besides that, that All Black game, he had a fucking screamer. But uh, yeah, I, I think that's uh, the right kind of. Uh, loose trio to play against the Tongan team. Obviously, we're recording this before um, Tonga. Uh, we haven't mentioned that, but uh, yeah, you, you, you're going to get the same kind of thing from the from the Tongans. It's going to be an abrasive pack. Um, I think we'll see somebody like Sianu Vayanu in the starting lineup. So yeah, he'll probably come in for Fita. He's a bigger. Uh, he's not as big as the other Tongans, but he's like a little like a cannonball the way he runs. He's actually very much like Visa. So, yeah, I, I think they, they'll have a very abrasive um, forward pack and guys like Sia, Dwayne and Jasper would be right up for the fight. Yeah, yeah. Okay, on to the most important part, the back line. Kovac <laughs> 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 uh, Ranak back at nine. I've been very impressed with him in the World Cup, but in the halfback pairing, I think the most important thing is Henry Pollard's back. Um, controversial return. Everyone's got over the fact that he's back in and kind of starting to settle with everything now. Um, Pollard's back. Um, 
Jacques Ninaba spoke and said that they've got Manny on the bench because um, they need to have uh, – they're not sure how Pollard's going to be able to cope like with his, with his legs and with the fitness, like he might cramp up and stuff like that. I think it's really important that he's just got to kind of keep the basics. You know, he's got an exciting mm-hmm. back line. Billy LaRue is very important in this. You know, my theory on Billy LaRue and his form when Pollard's yeah. playing. So um, I think Billy LaRue needs to be taking control. And I, that's what's happened in the past is Pollard's always taken the control and Billy's kind of been there and thereabouts. I think Billy needs to be taking control. He needs to treat this like when when Manny LeBoc came into the mix where Billy was like the general. Um, and, mm-hmm. uh, and and I think that's very important to me. Jared, you're looking forward to, see, to seeing Pollard kick all these kicks to touch and pull off a couple of um of of, of long passes <laughs> there was a big thing that rossi said that uh we must remember that Andre pollard is not superman um and shark followed that up by saying that he's hoping for a realistic performance out of Andre pollard who hasn't played since may basically he's got that 40 minutes, but he hasn't played a game since May, basically. So um, it's important that we yeah. kind of settle each ourselves down as fans because there's a there's yeah, those exactly. fans that are like he's going to kick everything and be our, our savior, and then yeah. there's the other fans that are like, well, hang on a second, he hasn't played a lot, even though he was in great form. So yeah, yeah, no, that's exactly it. And um, uh, world class players generally can come straight back from injury and hit the ground running, um, but. And while I think uh, Andre is that like world class, he is uh, he's had so many injuries throughout his career that like each one sort of takes a little bit longer for him to get back. So I hope he hits the ground running. Um, I do hope that I, I, I'm not I'm not expecting him to uh, crash over Peter Arkey and go off to score a 40 meter try. I just like a, a pretty decent performance. Uh, good off the tee, get the ball into touch. He doesn't have to go Libok and try get um, 40 meters with every line kick that he does. Just please get the fucking ball out. <laughs> and I know that's a, a, a hell of a bear for you. But uh, he, he, he's set up quite nicely in the fact that he's got uh, Reinach at nine. Um, yes. Having played with him at Montpellier for a long time, played quite a lot and trained a lot with him with the Springboks. Um He's got Vili with him at the back as well. He's got some Pimpi. He's also played and trained a lot with Andre Estes. And it's sort of just Moody and Williams that he hasn't had a hell of a lot of game time with. So as like where you look, try to like set as much cohesion as possible. Although he's coming in with new tactics that we've installed over the last year with, that we've played without him, he is set up quite nicely with guys that, that know his game quite well. Um, but the real pressure is actually on Kurbish Reinach this weekend. Um, two Rugby World Cup starts, two hat-tricks. So, yes, <laughs> it, it, he has to do it. Oh, he has to do it. Huh? Yeah. He's, he's on a brace. He has, to, he has to make a hat-trick of hat-tricks. Exactly. On his third <laughs> and, his, and his hat-trick of starts. Um, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. We'll dive a little bit more into the other guys. I think... Um, Big questions uh, and answers will be coming with Estes and Moody in the midfield. Um, a lot of people are clamoring over themselves, saying that these will be our fir- these are our first choice. I think it's more a case of they will be as opposed to are. Um, what are you looking for out of Moody this weekend? And can you explain? Secondly, can you explain to 
a lot of the listeners the difference between Estazen and Delendi in, in their style of play? Yeah, that's two very difficult questions to start off with. <laughs> uh, because You're welcome. We, we saw a very Andre Estazen-like performance from Damien Dylander against Ireland um, in the fact that he was a bit more of that distributing uh, 12 than, than before. And he did a great job of it. Um, I got a lot of stick uh, when... It was, I think it was that um, it was one of our trials recently, and for the life of me, I can't get it. But Andre um, pulled the ball back for Marnie, and it, it led to a try. And someone's like, "Oh, I've never seen Damien Dylan do it." Oh, Literally, his first it test, <laughs> his first, his first start in the next game, the first touch that he got, he did exactly that, and yeah, then he did yeah. it again this weekend for for Chase and Colby's uh, trial. But yeah, I, I, I do think they are a similar template of player. Um, I think uh, Andre, uh, Andre isn't as um, aggressive at the breakdowns and um, aggressive in contact as Damien is. Um, but then I think he does have a better distributing game than Damien does. And it, it, I'm making it very simplistic there, but um, it's, it's small margins. It's, it's mm. really not big. Um, but yeah, the, the way I see it is there's... Um, that the the defensive um, matters more to the Springbok team than than the offensive does, and uh, Damien and Chelsea have a long line together playing together. Yeah, you know, Estazen is not going to be doing that platform setup that Delendi does, and I think that's what the difference, major difference, is besides the defense, and then also that um, that ruck work that happens. Um, after contact and when the other guys are are sort of setting up. So that is that is the big difference. And you know, Moody wise is I'm like I'm really excited. And I know a lot of people think that I don't like him at 13. I do like him at 13, but he's very clearly a winger 13. He's very clearly a finishing 13. And when against the All Blacks where he went on his own, um, I think it was called back. It wasn't his fault. But then the other game last last game that we played. Romania where we kind of pooed that try that's just um stuff that happens it's kind of time in the saddle that fixes that um but the best part and the thing that I'm most happy about is that Estes and Moody are playing a lot together so we have a very clear setup of the 10s and 12s I do still believe that Estes and will play better with with Moody not being a 13 for him for Estes and's point of view but yeah Moody I'm quite excited I think the work yeah, you, that he's you, done at 13, that, hey. the work he's done at 13 and the growth that he would have done in between that, because they were clearly are working on him and he's 13. Mm. I think there's, we're not far away from him having that breakout game. No, I hundred percent agree with you. But uh, what I think, uh, like I said earlier about uh, cohesion and that kind of thing with players is that when we've, um, when, when you look at essays and where he plays uh, his club rugby with Quinns. He's got uh, he's had guys like Joe Marsh and uh, Luke uh, Northmore, um, and they both very much winger uh, winger don't you, senses. Don't you dare say that about no, they are. He's a thirteen. No, they are. They a brilliant they, thirteen they, and a good winger. They, 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 he's not they, a good winger. Finishing, he's not a brilliant winger. They finishing thirteens. If you want to put it, if you want to put it that way, they're like finishing thirteens. You must be careful and, um, about Joe. Eh? No, no, they, uh, but. That's that's how it feels. So I think they're very much the same template as what uh, Moody is, and um, 
I think we see Moody more as like a finishing winger 13 than a out and out 13 because he, we just haven't seen him enough in the position. Like, yeah, yeah. I think he, 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 he will grow. I, I, I see a lot of um, Jacques Ferry kind of player in him. Um, I see more of a Jacques Ferry than a Rico Ioani, if, if I'm honest. Um, and I think it's just going to take a little bit of time for him to um, settle in that 13 role. If he goes the whole season and plays 13 the whole season for the Bulls, I think uh, he, he, he's going to be pushing Lucania for starts and Jesse for starts come come the next World Cup cycle for the entire cycle. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the truth is, in my mind, the way I look at it is Moody's probably only going to be first choice nailed on Springbok 13 um, by towards the middle to the end of 2025. That's how long I feel it'll it'll take him to completely tie it in. I'm not saying he's not going to be playing 13. I want him to be playing 13. But it's going to take a while. And he's young still. He'll be in the squad the entire time. He'll be in the 23 even. Absolutely. And uh, I mean, he's so young that in 2025, like he... We could literally be looking at like another generational player where we've had mm. Faree and Um, and now we're moving on to Moody. It's crazy. Yeah. Talking about moving on, Makazuloma Pimpi, left wing, Grant Williams makes another another shot at on right wing and Vili LaRue's back at 15. Pretty exciting back three. Uh, you know my thoughts on my Pimpi. I think he should be playing all of our big games. I think we're really missing a big, hard, robust carrying winger. We've got a lot of guys that dance around. In fact, all of our wingers are steppers, except my pimpy. He steps, but he also runs over you. Grant Williams getting a lot of game time in other positions, and I'm super happy. Um, and mm. um, yeah, I'd love to see him at nine again, though. But sheesh, he's he's getting some time out wide, eh? Yeah, and uh, it, it's weird when I coached him, and that uh, I was screaming about that he must be playing scrum off and yes. uh, not be playing wing, and now he's playing wing for the Springboks <laughs> after cracking through as a scrum off. <laughs> so yeah, um, I agree what you say about my PMP. I think uh, I think we do sort of miss that out wide a bit, but in the same breath, uh, we playing two abrasive centers, and uh, it's like different um, playing Creole than to playing. Um, um, so I think there is a little bit of a balance, uh, balancing out act over there with, with that kind of um, selection call. Um, I'm, I'm comfortable uh, with Grant on, on the wing. Um, I, I do worry a bit with uh, guys like Cutter in the back line, uh, Fikitoa, but I, I think uh, Grant's um, sharp enough to deal with it. And yeah, we've, we've often played uh, smaller wingers and uh, it, it hasn't hurt us. Um, they... They all of um, our Cape Town uh, coloured kind of uh, wingers that, uh, that yeah, you know, when those oaks hit you, hey, it's it feels just as bad as uh, when a when a flanker hits you. So so yeah, I I, I just uh, yeah, I I, th- I think they're going to go well, um, and I hope Grant gets another trial too. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm almost certain he will. Um, yeah, he's been he's been good, and one thing I've been impressed about is. Like, if we're honest with ourselves, when he got his Springbok call up, we were like, oof, this is an interesting call because there were a bunch of other guys that were putting their hand up. But his uh, his integration into test test rugby, he hasn't once looked out of place, which I'm very, very happy about. I'm obviously a big fan, and you and I spoke about him a lot, and I'm mostly a big fan because 
because of you. So I was super excited to see him, um, see him in the mix. So yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty amazing. So let's see how that, um, how that pans out. Not much time left, so we'll quickly jump onto onto the bench. So Marco's at hooker. You did speak about him earlier. We've got Kitsov, and here we were hoping he was going to have some time off, but that ain't happening. Uh, Fansaren, Kitsov, and Yakane. I think Yakane has been pretty good. A, a quick mention about the props that are coming off the bench. Yeah, um, I, I I think it's just uh, like giving respect to uh, Tonga more than uh, trying to keep Kitsov fresh or anything like that. Um, Big Ben went uh, 17 minutes in Tonga's last match. Uh, he's he's a big lad to move, but he's actually a pretty powerful scrummager in, as well and a technically decent one. Um, and yeah, I, I think it's um, Epi uh, Epikatoa on the on the bench for um, for for Tonga. Um, also another very solid scrummager. So I, I don't think uh, you, you I don't think you can. Uh, mess with the loose heads too much for this game um, and I think we've given them respect for that Okay um, Franco Morset, Kwaka Smith we chatted a bit about them, I think Franco covers, well not think, he covers lock and and, and flank um, and then Kwaka covers the, the whole back three and then obviously covers a little bit uh, on, the, on, the, on the back line if needed but he won't be needed on the back line, touch wood because we have gone for a five-three, so going from a seven-one to a five-three, <laughs> things have all—it's all happening with the Springboks. I never thought we'd ever see a five-three again, like with, for the Springboks, if I'm honest. But here we are: Jaden Hendrickson, Jesse Creel, Manny Lubbock. Um, very interesting back three. But again, I think besides Jaden, um, the other players are there. Like it's very much like out of out of respect for Tonga. Like we don't want to mess this up. Creel and Lubbock both could could do with some time off but i'm excited to see lebok come off the bench um and and see how he unleashes everything and uh yeah creel shit man i wish he he and kitsov had had a bit of a break but yeah it's good to see Jaden back huh yeah yeah no it's it's very good to see Jaden back i think he probably would have started this match if uh like if Money. um we, we we didn't have the injury to to marks and uh we didn't bring andre in mm, mm. so i think he would have been starting this game had that not happened um and i think jesse's sort of like an insurance policy like the last time we played against uh, tonga in 2007 they stacked the bench uh, with victor john all of those guys i think uh creole's just that insurance policy that um if Grant is getting a working over at wing, we bring him in, move uh, Moody to the wing, and we just shore up the back line. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't see um, Jesse Creel come on at all. Um, I think they'll manage uh, Pollard, and if Pollard's going well and he's um, expressing himself, we might just see um, Libok come, come on at fullback or mm. come on in, in the centers or something, or shift. Uh, Andre to send or something like that um, but just I think they'll try to get as many minutes as possible out of Pollard and uh, yeah I, I think Jaden will probably uh, come in for, for Reinach um, if they change Pollard early they're, they're, they'll change Jaden and um, Libok on at the same time as Quibus says and Pollard yeah nice there's a, there are a lot of options in the back line there which uh, on the yeah, bench yeah. and in the field uh, and starting so quite exciting well in all jared um you reckon the books are going to take home a comfortable five points on on sun saturday Jeez, i don't even know when it is saturday sunday sunday. sunday sunday 9 p.m yeah yeah uh yeah yeah it is sunday 9 p.m um yeah 
I, I think they'll be aiming to to get about a 40-point victory. Um, and I know that sounds ridiculous to just throw out against a team like Tonga, who, yeah, are, are, are rubbished in the build-up to the World Cup, but they've stood up a lot better than I thought they would. Um, but I think if you look at the points difference and that kind of thing, they'll be looking for a 40-50 point um, differential victory. So, yeah, I, I don't think the box are coming to muck about four points in the bag as quickly as possible and try to rack up a scoreline. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In closing, we'll just go through a few milestones courtesy of uh, of the Springbok media. So, Vili is playing his 90th test match, which is pretty cool. Um I don't think we'll Going see ahead him. of US. Yeah, I don't think we'll see him get to 100. Unfortunately, I think I'm not sure how many how much time he's got left in the in the Springbok setup. Sia Khaleesi, as you mentioned, it's his 50th Test match as as captain of the Springboks, which is quite something. I mean, who would have thought this would have happened? Um, this is the third Test between the two sides. The last time we played, we played them in 2007 in France in a World Cup, mm. and we beat and we beat them 30 25. I was still nervous. I still get nervous thinking about that game. <laughs> but we all know about it. We've all been reminded about it a hell of a lot of times in the last uh, last couple of weeks. So, yeah. Other than that, um, Jared, any anything you want to close off on before before we jump off? Yeah, uh, I, I think uh, just try to be realistic with uh, the performance of Andre Pollard this weekend. I think uh, we'll also um, go heavy with the malls and scrums and yeah, I think we we're going to try um, tie it out the tire out the the tongue inside. Um, I, th- I think they're coming in a little bit cold, like um, Namibia did for the World Cup, where they just haven't had enough Test matches with all the top. They've had more Test matches than Namibia, but they just haven't had access to their top players throughout the cycle. So, yeah, I think uh, uh, hopefully we get that sorted for the next World Cup cycle. Yeah, but that's just the, another point, but yeah. Hmm. I'm uh, I'm hoping that the Springboks do another one of their 20 minute onslaughts, but start opening up points early. I think we are one try away from uh, from the floodgates opening up and the belief settling in. And the other thing is, I really do believe that with Pollard being there and Manny coming off the bench, I think we're going to start seeing a better better kicking from Manny. Um, at a, um, off the tee um, because mm. of this I think the pressure will will settle and I think with Andre Pollard there a level-headed training and all that sort of stuff it'll help him out a lot so uh, I don't think we are far away from seeing pa- uh, many starts in, in in a playoff either I don't think it's cut and dry that that Pollard starts these games but yeah that's that I also think we're gonna we're gonna take five points and it'll be a lot easier than it was in 2007 but it's gonna come with a lot of discipline mm. No, it will. Sure. And uh, yeah, I think competition drives players like uh, Money exactly. Lubok and Andre Pollard. So I think that will help. And uh, yeah, but pretty much spot on. Nice. Well, guys, that's going to wrap this up. We are finishing up the Springbok vs. Tonga preview. You can catch us all again next week when we are going to jump on and, and sort of review the weekend's action. But other than that, you guys have a great weekend. Enjoy the rugby and we'll see you after the Springboks win.